Welcome back to the Morning Hover Podcast with me, Alan. Today, I'm joined by Mark Cowan from Mintrain. Mark and I talk about all things mixer and tipper training and competence. Mark has been campaigning to improve standards within the construction transport sector for years. And with his courses, MixerShore, TipperShore and QuarryShore, plus the new DVSA earn recognition module for mixers that he was involved in creating, he really is trying to make significant improvements to the sector. Anyway, this was a great one to record. Let's dive straight in. As we hit go, we just start recording. Um, one of these days, I will actually work out how to get these started more professionally. But at the <laughs> moment, just start on this. So uh, thank you, Mark, for joining me. Um, to our audience, I know, obviously, Mark, we've been speaking for about half an hour um, getting set up. But um, thank you, Mark, uh, for joining me. Um, I've got Mark Cowan here from MinTrain here today. Um, I'm quite excited for this one. Um, obviously, I know all the stuff with earn recognition um, and the new mixer module is kind of quite a hot topic at the moment. So having you on is kind of, kind of. I know we've been trying to set this up for a, for a few months. I think timing-wise, it's, it's been hard, but I think it's worked well because it will go out kind of quite quite recent to the event. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Um, Welcome. I guess to start from the beginning, should we do a bit of a, a bit of it? I know we spoke off air about kind of your history of where you came from. Mm-hmm. I think trying to do a, a summary as to why why people should give a shit about what you're going to talk about um, is, is probably a good place to start because if people don't know who you are, obviously yeah, it'd be good to yeah. context. So do you want to kind of do, do your background in maybe two or three minutes? Yeah, well, I'd probably wrap it up in about 30 seconds, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. So, you know, obviously I, I, I started off um, uh, in the industry um, as a driver. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've worked all the way probably most of my life as a driver as well. But, you know, a driver slightly different because what I did a few years back is I created a, um, a driver CBC course specifically for mixers. Um, I was sat with my brother in a CBC course. Obviously, as drivers, we have to sort of, um, you know, upkeep our CBC um, accreditation. Uh, we sat on a course about safe loading. Um, and after about the first 10, 15 minutes, we were both bored shitless. You know, we're talking about cargo straps and it went on about pallets and, you know, nothing relevant to what we did on a daily basis. So, so just, you know, just for our audience, what was that? What was What is your, your industry then? Uh, sorry, yeah, it's um, uh, concrete mixers, yeah. uh, ready mixed concrete. So we developed the, the industry's first back in 2015, the industry's first um, uh, uh, CBC course specifically for concrete mixers. Um, and it was based on, my brother ran a, a fleet of, I think at the time, maybe it was about 10, 10 trucks, 10 concrete mixes. Um, okay. And so what we did is it was the training that we provided provided our drivers. And it was sort of, you know, inception of fours as well. So we were one of the first yeah. tarmac hauliers in the uh, in the northeast to adopt fours. Um, you know, and uh, I, I sort of put quite a lot into it. And it sort of realized, you know, we can formalize what we're doing as a tra- you know, training structure. So that's how it all started. Um you know, and it, to this day, where we now are the, you know, we've got Mintrain, who are the the one of the industry. There's two industry um, uh, training uh, uh, providers for for our specific sector. You know, and we're quite new to the market. You know, there's an established one which everybody's sort of well aware of, um, and we're quite new to the market. So, you know, a little bit of a disruption and a little bit of, um, uh, I don't know really how to sort of explain competition. It, but- yeah, competition, yeah, yeah. A little bit of healthy commercial competition. It's not yeah. bad as well. So, But, yeah, think, so that's really where I've come from. 
So, I mean, have you always worked in, in sort of like ready mix? Is that, is that kind of the yeah, top I mean, drive you, know, you did? You, you, you dip out for, you know, a, a month or two, but you know, you're always back, you know, so um, I've worked in, you, you know, I've had, uh, I've been a haulier in, in pre, I've had trucks in precast factories as well. So, you know, but it's always been around that, around that industry as well, you yeah. know, from, from passing me. Passing me test, uh, me heavy goods at, at 21, you know, I was, I was, my brother sort of taught us everything I knew and a little bit more, you know. He still runs them to this day as well. And, you know, it, he still uh, run, runs, runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how, how, how involved are you, you with that? Do you deliver all this training? Yeah, well, I mean, look, you know, <laughs> the, the training side of it now is, is sort of, you know, that, that's, that's took over. And obviously we've got a, a separate training business. And I also work for, um, the director of transport for the British Aggregates Association. So, you know, it, that takes a lot of my time up. You know, that, that's a, you know, the, the British Aggregates Association or the BEA is a part time role, but takes up predominantly, um, most of me, 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 um, me days, nights, weekends, <laughs> <laughs> bank holidays. But, oh, you know, but yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, look, I, I love it. It's worthwhile. You know, it's really, really good. And, you know, but yeah, it's day to day. You know, I tend to spend a lot of time with drivers. I'm still on site. We still train drivers. We still uh, carry out um, driver assessments. So you know, we're always around concrete plants and drivers. So you know, we have that that day to day interaction. I think um, that's important. Is is almost practicing what you preach. Like you're and not... still drive and, and still drive. That's there the you go. How 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 often do you drive then? Do you get to get get? In... Oh, it was about um, three weeks ago. No, oh, no. So you actually are yeah. Is, is that is that just because to prove a point that you do still do it or well, no not really not really but you know i, t I tend to do it when we um uh when when we're assessing drivers and training drivers yeah. as well you know yeah but so we get them to we, we go through a scenario where you know we, we want the drivers to assess us we, we've gone through this program at the minute where we've got um we've worked with the awarding body we use empi awards and what we've done is we've created a non-regulated assessors sort of uh, qualification um that meets the national occupational standard and it's a it's an easier route for companies to deliver our stuff under license sort of in-house and it brings the yeah. cost down so what we do is we sort of we, we'll drive the truck and then we'll get the driver to then sort of you know look as though he's assessing us and pick up you know we, we'll specifically do things the wrong way and you know we'll, we'll i wouldn't say anything dangerous but you know we'll know it's not the right way to do it and see if they pick up on it and it's one of the ways we've sort of we, we've implemented this um, uh, this process to identify who would make a good assessor, who can make a good trainer, and you know who can impart that knowledge as well. So we interrupt this program for a special report. Not really, just me again. So you've done your CPC exam. Now let's prepare for the real world of transport with the TMC Mentor Program. Join a mentor group on the TMC and get weekly calls plus a private group chat with an experienced transport manager to help guide you whilst you make your first steps into the world of transport management. To find out more, go to tmcollective.co.uk and see how a TMC mentor can help you get ahead. Anyway, that's enough from me. Now back to, well, me. So, I, guess, I guess taking it back a step, obviously, I, I, know, I know I'm aware of all of your kind of different products and mm -hmm. different kind of courses. Might well just starting for our audience from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. We're talking about bin trains specifically here. So we've obviously got Mix Assure, Quarry Assure, and Tip Assure as your three kind of yeah, main, uh, ones, yeah. main ones. Um, do you just want to quickly kind of go through what they are and why you created them? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, Mix Assure and Tip Assure, um, uh, ones for mixers, concrete mixers, ones for tippers, um, specific to that vehicle type. Everything we do 
um, on the transport side is, is specific to a vehicle, uh, to a specific vehicle. There's never been any sort of um, uh, uh, specific training and, or assessments for, for concrete mixes. We did that in 2015. Um, there's never been anything specific for tippers. So we did that in 20, 2018, 2019. Um, we've had everything sort of at, at one point or another CTC accredited. Um, we did a lot of, we did go down the route of, of having stuff, which I'll, I'll, I'll probably touch on to later, of having, uh, working with, uh, uh, the, the other industry awarding body. But, um, but the, the other side of it, the quarry sure, it covers everything sort of, what you would expect in a quarry, you know, so f from your plant training, from your health and safety, from the competence side, you know, your uh, geotechnical, all falls falls under the the quarry side. That's not me that delivers it. We've got we've got experts, you know, we've yep. got uh, two of our directors who are uh, you know are industry experts, and so on. the quarry side of it's not, not I, it's not what I get involved in. It's more mine's more the transport side. So I say. You started off delivering them in 2015, 2018 as the two yeah. different different courses. You said they were mapped originally to drive a CPC and they were delivered under license by the other training provider. Um, why why would someone sort of decide that, obviously, because I know that this is a, this is a, uh, a qualification or a course that you're running independent of, mm -hmm. of the other training provider now. Yeah. Why yeah. would someone maybe choose one or the other what's the sort of pros and cons of kind of let's go down the mixer route obviously that's i think probably mm -hmm. a, why would someone choose mixer sure rather than like they maybe the the mpa mpqc um kind of course well i mean i was as specific to the vehicle purely and simple you know i mean if you look at you know strip this right down and you know when we, when we first started creating excuse me i Coffee stuck. When we first started um, creating the, the, you know, the, the the training, the courses, the assessments, you know, everything that we did had to map to. If you look at, and this goes back to, you know, basic health and safety legislation, yeah. you know, the Health and Safety at Work Act, you know, pure regulations. We looked at what the mixer manufacturers themselves, you know, what was in their operating instructions, and you know, the first page and everybody's, you know, the likes of Max McPhee, Liebe, Sterling, Eimer. Um, swing, swing stetter. They all state that the driver must be fully trained and, and competent. So we went, we went down that route, uh, rather than just that one size fits all tick box health and safety entry level requirement of what they sort of map to the, um, uh, uh, quarry regulations where everybody had to have some basic health and safety training to be able to get onto a, a quarry and site. And yeah. that's what, that's what sort of the route, the originally called, um, Epic, that's the, the route that they followed. We wanted to do something different, you know, so we come up with, you know, everything that we did was specific to the vehicle. And it has and to be just to cover, to mandate it to law as well. Cause that's it. I think, I think, cause obviously the courses you run are not driver CPC, um, at present come on, time. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but obviously yeah, I think, going back to the original uh, the original point you're making of why you were driving and getting yeah, drivers yeah. to assess you you allowing drivers to assess you choosing good quality mm -hmm. candidates means they can i'm guessing deliver things like the mixer sure is that is that the plan yeah, that they yeah, can yeah, then deliver yeah, yeah, yeah. they can then deliver them internally keeping costs down mm -hmm. but again i think it's hard for for a lot of people i mean i know a lot of our listeners are transport managers a lot yeah. of them really do give a shit about making sure mm -hmm. standards are high and we all know that the CPC driver CPC in concept is great. In principle, I think it doesn't quite hit the mark. Um, 
obviously is going through its um kind of a consultation, consultation at the moment so um whether that changes much who knows but it's not enough there's a there's more there's more than just that one thing that you need to get hung on to as, as an operator as a transport manager there's a shed tons of other things you've got to show you're trained for and i think it's really important to kind of tell people that these qualifications these courses sorry that you're running are required yeah, they're not yeah. good practice. They are actually legally required because they do map to to yeah, yeah. other things other than driver specific CPC. I think if you just look at the, you know, you, you, we, you've mentioned transport managers there. You know, the the traffic commissioner have a you know stat, statutory documents, and I think number three, um, you know, for transport managers specifies in there, you know, a transport manager has to make you know has to ensure that drivers are you know, fully trained and competent for the vehicle type that they're driving, you know, probably not worded exactly like that, but that's how everything is mandated yeah. in law. So we've got statutory documents from the, um, uh, from the traffic commissioners. We've got a covered in health and safety worker, which is then expanded in, in pure regulations where not only does the driver or operator have to be fully trained and competent, but also those that are, are, are in charge of them as well. So your transport managers, you know, your line managers, your logistics managers, they all have to have an understanding. We've got what we've done as an industry, you know, and people don't want to hear it and, you know, people don't like it. But what we've done as an industry is we've created this, this um, course. We've said it's a competence card. It's clearly not. And then what we've done is we've just accepted that, Anybody, if you look at a job role now for a, a, a mixer driver, go on Indeed, um, uh, you know, and look on there, a lot of them will say must be MPQC um, trained. MPQC don't train mixer drivers. You know, so mm. what we've done is, although, yeah, a lot of it has to be, people like it to be mapped to CDC, we can quite legitimately say what we do covers you from a health, basic health and safety um, requirement. Yeah. You know, and it's, almost, it's almost it's almost separate from your driver CPC. It's an independent kind of requirement that you got yeah. to have. Yeah. It's something you said there, which I think is an important, interesting one that I don't actually know the answer. Do you deliver stuff that is specific for transport managers and line managers as an awareness based yeah. piece? Yeah. So anything we do on the uh, so for the mixer size again. So anything we deliver for um, for drivers, we also have versions for managers. Um, um, uh, shipping, uh, uh, the shipping team, yeah. uh, distribution, anybody who's in that supply chain, we have exactly the same, slightly different context, but we have the exact same courses. Well, yeah. the exact same, um, but we have the same sort of courses that follow the same thread and okay. gives them the same information just with different responsibilities. Yeah. Which I, I think is, is the point you make as a, as a TM yeah. is yeah. you can't just take, you, especially as an external TM, you need to know the industry you're working within. You can't just sort of take on an operator. And if you've got no experience in, <laughs> in construction generally, it's actually quite a, a nuanced industry. And a lot of people don't really yeah. know how it works. So yeah. I think if you just touching on the transport manager side, I remember somebody sent us a link to a, um, one of the transport manager forums, and there was a there was a guy on there asking whether he, uh, if anybody, he just, and this is what annoys me about it, he just took on a, a, a customer who ran eight cement mixers. Well, there's no such thing as a cement mixer, yeah. you know, the concrete mixers. So, you know, first of all, he was asking, does it, you know, he wanted to know about the maintenance requirements. Is there a, a you know, is there a yearly maintenance requirement? Well, you know, all he had to do was look at the operating instruction manual from that specific 
manufacturer, McFee, for example, you know, they have a, a different set of requirements to what Liebherr do. So it was all in there. It's just as an industry, you know, we, we aren't bothered as long as people have this course that ticks a box and it's yeah. one size fits all. So, you know, it, 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 going around in a full circle, everybody in that supply chain has a responsibility yeah. to understand that this is a specialist industry and re requires specialist um, training. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So how, how are you going about sharing that that kind of vision and that mission? Because it's, obviously, I know like, we, we're connected on LinkedIn. I see you bang the drum a lot about a lot of this and I, I just you're you're very vocal and um yeah I, I like it i think it's important to i mean a spade to spade at the end of the day saying as it is but how do you sort of plan to to grow the brand to then deliver this message to more people could you say there's obviously healthy competition is commercial competition is good um how do you go about doing that well, I mean, look, I'm not, you know, we've made a decision as a, as a company that, you know, we don't want the monopoly on the on the training. You know, it then becomes a, a, a huge cost to the company to get a, an assessor on site or a trainer on site and then look at, you know, maybe they've got, a, a, I don't know, 50 drivers. It then becomes an expensive um, uh, show. So what we wanted to do is, and the, the reason why we've gone down, you know, training people in-house is to let them deliver it under license. So to give you an example, we get these 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 people trained up as as, as qualified, non-regulated qualified trainers or assessors to be able to deliver our stuff under license. Um, it, it comes at a very small cost. They and then we we provide them with all the training materials. We try we provide them with everything they need, all the assessment criteria, and all we do is we just quality assure it a couple of times a year. You know, and so you're looking at potentially looking. Yeah, I mean, I'll, again, I'll go back to the. Um, the other industry training providers um, card at the minute, it's the most expensive in the, it's the most expensive CPC course available, you know, which isn't a specialized one, let's say. Right? Yeah. Um, back in 2015, I think it was about £154 plus VAT. A lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's even yeah. more now, I think, you know. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it proves to me that, you know, it, it, it's only there to make money. You know, that's all it does. People are not like it. You know, people do you know, if, People think I, I speak out of turn. You know, they've got my email address. They can, you know, they can, they can come and, and, and ask me myself. I'll never, ever sort of back down from that. What we wanted to do is we we wanted the industry to be able to, to be, one, to be safe, two, to be able to, to, to deliver the training in-house. So not just on the mixer side, on the tipper side, on the quarry side. So it was just having that consistent message all the way through, having the materials to do it, and having mm. the people within the company to be up to a standard to deliver it as well, you know, and, and also and also confident to deliver it as well. Um, confident, so we're, yeah. we're doing, I'm doing a live stream next week, but it might be last week depending on when this episode goes out. <laughs> um, but about obviously a lot of the stuff I bang the drum about at the moment is support for transport managers is is quite a, an isolating role mm -hmm. and. Um, so we're, we're, we're kind of, we're, I've done this partnership with another organization that we're delivering a, um, a live stream on how mm -hmm. to deliver training as a transport mm -hmm. manager, which I think would be a really kind of interesting kind of yeah, thing yeah. for yeah. us to discuss. Probably, probably not on air. We might start uh, going around in circles and discussing ideas that probably best suited to a, a closed conversation. Um, but the uh, transport managers 
are by default not trainers. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. confident in delivering. I mean, you're a trainer. You understand how to deliver content to people so that it mm-hmm. sinks in and people understand. People that listen to the pod know that I used to be a workplace trainer as well. So how to deliver information is, it is a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also requires a lot of confidence to stand up in front of a group of people and then more than you watching, waiting for you to say something is quite intimidating. So I think giving someone the... Um, the confidence to do that is also quite important. Yeah, so yeah, is that yeah. part of like how you train up the, the... It is, yeah. I mean, you know, we've got one customer, you know, ongoing at the minute and uh, we've got one of our, um, uh, well, our lead assessor down there at the minute and he's training, um, they, they put forward eight candidates and we have to sort of say, you know, one, were they up to standard you know, drive and operation and, and make sure that they, they have the, the, the right mindset and we're down to two, you know, so we've gone through that full process um, and we, we whittled it down to two, but they've got, you, you're right, you know, experience, you know, it does count for a lot, but it doesn't just, you know, I think what we do as an industry as well is, you know, and, and this is around everywhere in transport, we, we sort of confuse um, uh, experience as, as competence, and, it, and it's completely not, you know, I've worked with drivers, you know, I'll not name any names, but, you know, you, you can look at drivers who've been driving mixes 20, 25 years, you know, and I wouldn't let them deliver the post. Yeah. You know, so it, it's not, it, we can't just say, oh, yeah, they're experienced. Companies go through a process now is they deliver their training sort of in-house using the most experienced driver. Now, I've worked with um, uh, sort of new drivers who've been with this, these experienced drivers, but aren't getting any information. Yeah. You know, they're just being told what they're doing wrong. You know, they're not getting the reasons why. So, you know, we, we started a, um, a program about two years ago. We're breeding. Um, and we got a we got a driver in, and the, the driver had was uh, uh, an experienced driver on general haulage, eighteen years, and he, you know he was setting his ways, you know, and it was a challenge to try and change him, and you know we changed him within two days, you know, and, and getting him to understand that, and you know that that comes from having that being able to, that that confidence to be able to deliver the training, but also deliver each section of the training at the right time as well. So they're not overwhelmed. Yeah. Once you, once you define that process, it becomes quite easy. So, yeah. you know, for me, that, that is the way to do it. And if we can get the trainers to buy into that as well, you know, we, we, we've got a crack. So, I mean, I mean, I, I'd understand if you don't want to sort of talk prices on, on, on air as it were, but obviously the whole point, your, 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 your mission is to obviously to improve road, road safety within kind of the construction transport mm-hmm. sector. Um, and this whole quite decentralized model you're looking at where you're training up people to then deliver it under license, which I think is, is incredible. Actually, I think it's fairly selfless sounds very, really kind of like grandiose. I don't mean that, but it's like, you're not holding it as your own. You're, yeah. you're, you're actively trying to encourage people to deliver it because if if it means that one more person can get that information then it was a it was a worthwhile thing which is very anti the um the capitalistic view that kind of maybe has been viewed by other training providers yeah yeah but it's how how does so in terms of like how much would it cost like if, if, if let's say i wanted to become one of your trainers I, I i mean i wouldn't because i can't drive but like let's say i wanted to not not HTVs anyway. Um, <laughs> let's say I wanted to become one of your trainers, and I've been identified as a good quality candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the process? Is it do do I pay to attend a course? Do I pay to then? Is it under like what's the what's the structure that you kind well, of we, 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 we we'll go through this. You know, we we'll charge a, a, a sort of a day rate. 
Um, uh, and what we'll go down is the first is is an, an initial assessment. So we'll we'll go down and we'll assess. You know, we can do you know potentially on an initial assessment because it's not recorded up to four a day. You know, so we've got we got four candidates. We can get them down, and we'll have a look at them and we'll say yeah yeah potential potential. You know, probably needs a little bit longer or probably you know wasting your time. You know, we'll we'll be open and honest with you from the start. We then we then get the awarding body involved, and it's their it's their qualification. It's not ours. They set the prices. To give you an example, the 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 first step is the six online modules around assessment um, um, uh, theory, and they cost fifty five pound. That's for the six modules. So it's not a it's not a big cost. Yeah. You can, potentially, if you sat down and did you know um, put your mind to it, you could probably complete them in a weekend. You know, two days. Yeah. So it's you know it's it's we want to remove that and um, uh, that barrier yeah. of cost being the, the yeah one hundred percent. If you think of when training is when cost, uh, costs are being cut, the first thing that is in any company is always training. Yeah. We don't want that because yeah. it's then you know you look at and again as I said to you earlier, you know that going back to when we had that 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 license agreement and it was it was just sort of cancelled because you know the, the the course needed updating and it wasn't getting done and we we're getting frustrated and that cancelled that and you know they then wanted to turn it into a, a commercial competition for me it's not a commercial competition you know we, we, we all got business to run we all have to make money and you know it, it, i'll be brutally honest with you it you know when i cancelled that agreement you know the just before we did it three months before um they owed me thousands you know, and and I, and I offered to drop that by half, and we agreed on thirty percent. So I lost about five six grand on that. Yeah, and just because I still wanted them to be able to deliver the course because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, and it's frustrating now at this point, and it's still you know, can I say it boil me piss? It still boils me piss now that there's people within our sector who stand there waving flags about safety. Um, competence and doing the right thing and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's the frustrating part for me. Yeah. Apart from that, I'm as happy as a pig in shit. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I think it, it was Mental Health Awareness Week this this week or last week. It's people. Yeah. Yeah. And during Pride Month, there's people that turn their logo kind of rainbow colored mm -hmm. for the month. And then kind of don't actually do anything about yeah, it beyond yeah. that. And it's 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 the awareness days. It's a box ticking exercise. Mm -hmm. It's it all is, it's yeah. all lip service. Nothing actually happens. Yeah. And it's it that frustrates me. Is I mean, we're rolling out a new product on the TMZ. I was talking to another another partner of ours, and I was sort of saying we've got this idea. Um, it's going to be quite a long idea, a long project. We're going to probably roll it out within the month. And he kind of looked at me and was like, "Oh, I forget." Like I work with massive urgency. If I want to do something, I'll go mm -hmm. fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Like. Mm -hmm. A month is actually not that long a time in the grand scheme of things, but to me, that's like a decade in terms of like things you could deliver. So I'm I'm the same inaction, inactivity is like I just hate it. I, hate I, think, it. I think a lot of it is you know around sort of buzzwords at the minute, you know, and people sort of you know what whatever's current and whatever's fashionable, that's what they'll sort of jump on, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to go into in, in, in great detail, but you know we we started to label them, you know, mental health. I was talking to a, 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 a few drivers, and it sort of you know, we do a lot with um, uh, driving for better business. You know, we're a strategic partner of them, and you know they've they've got a couple of um, uh, uh, well, they've got one program that that they run um, around sort of uh, um, mental health and, and mental well being of, of drivers. Now, it's it's removing that stigma as well. You know, so yeah. what what the industry is doing, oh, transport industry, and any other type of industry now, you know, manufacturing another one. 
is they've started, you know, appointing people in and putting them through qualifications as mental health first aiders, right? Now, you tell me a driver who will go and talk to a mental health first aider because the other driver will see them talk to them. And the first thing, and this is what the driver said to me, the first thing I was asked was, am I mental? Is this something tomorrow with us? And that was that stigma and you couldn't get away from it. And, and, I think, and that, that, that then just puts up another barrier, doesn't it? So it makes yeah. it even harder. I was actually talking to to a friend of mine, totally outside of transport. Yeah. Um, she works in HR for a a large national organisation. It's quite a vol- uh, voluntary led one. I'm not going to name any names because I know that her and her partner do actually listen to the show. I don't want to go yeah, throw, yeah. throw her under the bus a little bit, but she got put on this mental health first aid course, um, mm-hmm. and it was two days about learning about all the different conditions. And mm-hmm. I was like what are you doing you don't need to know that stuff to be a mental health first aid you need to just be open and approachable and actually mm-hmm. just be able to talk to people actually mm-hmm. understanding it's like i used to i used to be a first aid trainer like mm-hmm. as in a physical workplace yeah, yeah. first aid trainer mm-hmm. and the first thing and the thing you bang on about is you ain't a doctor phone 999 that's basically it like don't don't try and diagnose a damn problem just identify that there is a problem and phone someone who knows far more than you do and can actually solve the problem and i think sometimes within mental health it's like oh we all want to help which is great but actually sometimes you can overhelp in that situation i think it's far better to kind of not label people as first aiders because i think that's exactly, really unhelpful you know, yeah don't they don't need to have a label and i think it's you know it's a little bit contradicting that you've got we've got these you know these bigger organizations who are huge on you know how many mental health first aiders that they've actually got and then you know treat the the hauliers and the drivers like absolute shit but the metric they can measure is how many first aiders they've got so they can yeah. tick a box how successful they are in achieving that goal whereas i mean we with our other side of the business we work a lot with kind of franchise holders within the, yeah, the construction yeah. industry just like you do so we understand mm-hmm. that actually the standards irrelevant sorry irrelevant the standards the the perceptions of holders and drivers is really really kind of low at the moment yeah, um, yeah. people are not not kind of happy with a lot of things going on and it's just like that that has a big impact like these these holders they're small operators like mm-hmm. they're, they're they're quite they're not resilient to, to price changes and like mm-hmm. actually paying people fairly for what they do is kind of important and that has yeah. a big impact on mental health we have gone down the right, right track away from what we went to be talking about yeah so. no, i know what we're, we're talking about we're gonna talk about training i think <laughs> yeah I, I think so in terms of doing the the assessors so it's 55 quid to do the six modules online. To do the six modules yeah and then you've got you know the the, the uh once they're up to a, or we think they're up to a standard we might go down two or three times with them you know might have a really experienced driver you know, a really good mindset, you know, they've potentially done it before, or, you know, it's been part of their their job roles, just not officially, you know, and we'll just make sure they're up to a standard. It could take two visits, it could take six. We don't put a time limit on it. What we'll do is, over a a course of of, a period of time is, under license, we'll 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 give um, we'll give them access to all of our training materials, whether it be e-learning, whether it be um, uh, PowerPoint presentations, whatever it is, and we'll support them. You know the, those trainers and mentors and and assessors over a twelve-month period as well, so that they're never left alone. And you know we you look at a, a cost of I don't know under license for our um, uh, for our e-learning modules about about a tenner tenner per driver per month. It's not much. Mm. So, you know, we it, we want to just remove that barrier of being, you know, of, of everything being done um, uh, for money as well. We've even started, you know, 
just saying you've got a, a one haulier who wants it and it's a, a, a 120 pound a year. You know, we, we've started off, uh, we, we've created different divisions within the BEA, one of them being a concrete division. So anybody who joins that, you know, get a 15% discount on what we offer. We'll work with companies too. We, we uh, will have payment plans in place so they can pay a bit of a smaller deposit and then pay a monthly payment, you know. So we work with companies so they're not having to fork money out hand over fist to get the training that they should, one, have and two, deserve. So, so in terms of like, let's so say you've got a holy app, got a driver that you've deemed as competent, you've trained them up, you've done that, the online modules, you've sort of deemed them competent and you give them access and they wanted to deliver it in person rather than online. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a lot of people do like that mm-hmm. physical kind of, if they were to deliver that, how do you, how do you price that kind of model? Is that well, per is that per course delivered per person? What, yeah, I mean, it, dep- look, it depends if they want a CPC version of the course or whether they just want it. if they just want an in house version. You know, potentially it's what it's it's what the um, so if you've got a, a PowerPoint version, might you know might have two subjects in it. So we just break that up and put them on the e learning in small segments. So basically, it doesn't matter which way they get it; the price is exactly the same. Okay, fair enough. Sure. Okay, I think I mean uh, we will talk, and I, I I am aware that you have got a train to catch. You've got a lift to pick up to go where you need to go. So we'll, get, we'll start. I did. We said this. We'd start wrapping up within half an hour, so it becomes a forty-five minute recording. So that's what we'll do. Um, I think we do need to talk after after the recording about how we could work together on this because mm-hmm. I think there's some really exciting kind of possibilities of of TMs being involved with this process because yeah, I think yeah, the, as you say the more people have it the better I think the the, the wider the the reach we go down the more more people that kind of want to share this is mm-hmm. is important because there's like until really talking to yourself I mean I've been involved with within kind of aggregate and 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 mixer kind of industry for a while now and it never really occurred to me that there was something out there other than kind of the industry yeah kind of yeah, yeah. preferred route there you go i'll try to find the, the the correct terminology that we're going to go with yeah that 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 card that people kind of think is, an, is a required kind of box yeah, to yeah, be ticked yeah. um as has really opened my eyes and obviously following on linkedin has been a um an eye-opening experience seeing things you talk about and stuff so it's been, been kind of I, like, think, I think just touching on, on on the card as well and i think you know it, it really needs to it, it's important to see that the, you know it as i said earlier you know could it be clever marketing that they've said the card is a, an industry requirement but to, to date, and I've just, you know, again, when, whenever this sort of goes out, but we've just released another blog, um, last night, I think, and it's gone on, uh, on the website. And I think that, you know, that, that tells you the importance that this, this card scheme has never ever been an industry requirement. It hasn't, but to date, they're still saying it is, you know, it, it's available on their website as a webinar, you know, and it, and it just, it gives out that, you know, what we're doing is, you know, above and beyond and it's not, it doesn't even tick the the, the bare minimum. Yeah, you know, well, um, we'll definitely link to that blog in the in the show notes because I think I think I've, I was having a quick read before we we came on air, and I think it's important that people read that. So yeah, right. okay. um, yeah. I mean, we could talk for, for for days about other bits and bobs, and I'm aware that as though you do have that train to catch. Um, so I guess how how can people? I mean, we're going to talk talk off air about kind of other things we can do, and mm-hmm. it might become something that we we kind of talk to our audience about in a bit more detail but in the meantime what can sort of people do to find out a bit more email you find your linkedin go to your website what yeah i mean look you know i I get accused of being um uh uh, you know putting too much on linkedin but you know we 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 even get emails telling us you know get 
to have us uh, put back in my box and, you know, I shouldn't be saying things, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we all have opinions, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's, it, it's, it, that, this is just my opinion. The difference with my opinion is I think, you know, I've, it, everything's backed up by, you know, factually incorrect information and pull the wool over anybody's eyes. You know, some people say I'm a, you know, self-fulfilling prophet. I'm, 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 I'm the complete opposite. I'm just stating facts that, you know, the industry should have, done things better from from you know from day one yeah but you know looking on linkedin you know we've got a website you know I'll, i'm sure you'll provide uh, web, yeah. uh email cool. addresses phone numbers you know uh, they, they, you just have to search on on linkedin and you know come across us so yeah. but there's uh there's there's there's, there's easy ways to, to get in touch yeah. with i guess we we did we have run out of time but uh, do you want to say anything about the dvsa's earn recognition mixer module that kind of I know it's it's a fairly hot topic, and we've not actually touched on it, unfortunately. Um, I well, know got, we've got ten minutes to talk about it. So yeah, we we yeah, no, screw it. There's that there, there, there's not that Elizabeth. Don't cut that bit out. There you go. What's just, that? There? Just going, we're just going through it now, anyway. So. There you go. Yeah, I, mean, I must say I've, I've not had a chance to really dive into it, but I knew I was going to be talking to yourself about this. So I guess I can learn a little bit what we're talking. What's what was the what was the motivation? How did it go about getting kind of starting with the idea and then actually getting it as part of the dvsa sort of scheme so i think you know going back to you know 2014 and you know when we first threw, threw my brother excuse me went, um we you know we got that first uh fours accreditation you know fours started off um uh being the preferred um scheme for, for our sector um i think it could have been adapted a little bit better you know it was it was it was funded at the time and everybody wanted to jump on board with it um I think there was a, it, our industry needed a, a separate specific standard. You know, we looked at, you know, could we do that through fours? Could we do it? We've, we've had conversation with uh, Mission Zero. You know, we started talking to um, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Breen at DVSA, yeah. um, a couple of others as well. And I think one thing that sort of stuck in my head is, you know, we, the industry needed something and it was, you know, we, you've got to remember within our industry that, you know, the, there's a, there's a, there's a whole group of self-appointed leaders. You know, I don't know what's given them that, 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 that who's given them that title or how it's been afforded. But, you know, one of the uh, emails I got back talking about standards, I was talking to Kate Cairns, who, if you know who Kate is, was, you know, Kate has campaigned after losing her sister in a, in a, um, uh, in a, uh, uh, she was killed by a, um, an HGV in London, a cyclist. It, um, our sister was cycling. Um, and she's campaigned for, you know, over 10 years. And she's one of the, the reasons why clocks is, is, is about. And, hmm. you know, and I was talking to her about it. And, you know, we were talking about standards. And when you look at it, you know, the standards that was available through fours and mission zero didn't fit. You know, and it was it was that it, it, it was a one size fits all again. And yeah. I think we needed something something specific. So talking to Phil, you know, they, they, people think earn recognition is something similar to fours. You have to go out and, you know, achieve it. And, but you don't. It's a standard that if you run trucks, that's what DVSA expect you to have yeah. anyway. So, you know, we thought, you know, do we, do we go down the route of, of, of creating a module with, with DVSA? So we did. Um, it wasn't just me. There was a, there was, there was, um, a group of people. One of them was our health and safety director, Roy Bush, who was an ex, who is an ex HSE, um, quarries inspector uh, okay. for over 20, 24 years, something like that. And Roy's shit hot with health and safety. You know, he pretends he's not and, but he can quote every bit of legislation. <laughs> 
he's like the Gandalf of health and safety. So when Roy speaks, you know, I tend to listen. So, you know, Roy just stripped everything down to the basics. You know, we looked at stuff like, you know, British standards for truck mixes, which companies didn't even know existed. Yeah. Well, that's how shit our industry is. Um, <laughs> the Institute of Road Transport Engineers uh, rollover guidance, which was done with Aggregate Industries, Senex, Hansen, and all of that in about nine diff nine places references the most in uh, uh, fundamental and important um, way to prevent rollovers is driver training and education. And not nobody in the industry offers it. Right. So what we did was we mapped that that concrete um, operational audit standard, not to what we thought should be in, but to laws, legislation, and to standards that's yeah. already available. So it's not that you can't meet it, you just don't want to meet it. Yeah. And I think what it does now is it gives the trans uh, the traffic commissioner, you know, the, the, uh, a little bit of guidance around mm, yeah, you know, road security. You know, we, we got involved massively with uh, Driving for Better Business and, and uh, DVSA with our, we still through the BE have a load security campaign, you know, and this came from, was born from tippers, but we had to provide guidance, not just for tippers, but for the other industry vehicles, one mm. of them, the other uh, major one was concrete mixers, yeah. you know, but the industry wouldn't adopt it because it didn't come from, it just came from a small organization called the BEA. You know, and for me, that's sad. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we create things for the industry and it's about, you know, it should be about collaboration and doing the, 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 the best things for the industry. Yeah. But we, we don't, we just do things to tick box and to suit everybody else's individual agenda. You know, that for me, that's not that's not yeah. how an industry should be run. And I think it does. I mean, I know you're obviously waiting to go now, so we'll kind of start wrapping up properly this time. <laughs> but I think it's it does lead. We, we've got an aging population in the UK. Yeah. We've also got a massively aging population within transport, and I think is even worse within within the the construction industry. I think mm -hmm. it's really hard to to recruit new blood because yeah. Yeah. it's seen as quite backward at times and quite. Um, not linked up as you say and i think that's going to just become part bigger and bigger a problem as, as years go by um i think things that we're doing here talking openly about this sort of stuff and actually trying to collaborate with with other organizations is, is by far the best way of getting around that so um i think we'll i'll have i'll have upset a few people by the time this goes out alan so oh know. it's fine i i will be i'll be saying hat on that's fine. Well, well, I'll make sure I put your. I'll put a disclaimer. This is the, this is the views of, of Mark and not no. Um, well, um, yeah, I, I'm fine to, to open up and see what people kind of contact us. I'm happy to talk to people about this. I think I think it's important at the end of the day. So that's why I wanted you on. So I think, you know, for me, there's a lot more, and I think you know today, you know, we've probably scratched the surface as well. I mean, you know, one of the reasons I'm down um, in in Peterborough today is obviously, you know, we work with flagship partners and Logicor to deliver our sort of CPC training, but. I think it's, you know, scratching the surface of what needs to be done doesn't need to be um, just belong to Mintrian. It should be, it should belong to the industry. Yeah. And if anybody else in the industry doesn't want to get involved or wants to get involved for the wrong reasons, then we have to look outside the industry. And that's what we've done. And, you know, so yeah. I, I think it's, 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 it's one of these that will go on and on for years and years until we get rid of that. You know, I had to, I had to remove a reference to, you know, boys clubs and, and, you know, uh, um, so, sort of closed closed clubs uh, in, in in a few of the blogs, but it's how I feel. You know, there's an old guard, and it's it's the same people making the same dis, yeah. um the same decisions over and over again, and and just getting it wrong. And getting yeah. It wrong. So, 
we'll we'll sum it up there. So thank you, Mark, for joining us. I know this is um as you say, just scratching the surface. So I'm sure we'll be doing something in the future where people can ask questions and get yeah, involved yeah, in more detail. Yeah. So um thank you, Mark, for joining me and thank you to our audience for, for listening. And I guess we'll see you guys next time. Lovely. Thanks for having us. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Alan. Thank you. Thank you to Mark for joining me this week and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Morning Cuppa podcast. If you liked this week's episode, be sure to go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. That will help us get in front of even more transport professionals just like you. As always, I love chatting to other transport professionals, so do go ahead and find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, using the links somewhere below that Elizabeth will put somewhere. That's all from me. Once again, thank you for listening to the show. I've been Alan and this has been the Morning Cuppa podcast.